Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1507 of the Loft on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Sunday evening into Monday. This is actually part two of two with myself and Brian Schroeder talking about the entire Atlanta Hawks draft hall. Kobe Bufkin, Muhammad Gay, Seth Lundy, and also the two-way signing of Miles Norris on this two-part episode. So if you missed part one, I recommend starting with that episode. It should be available in your feeds right now. Also, please make us your first listen each and every day at Loft on Hawks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Loft on Hawks, and please subscribe anywhere you get your pods. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Without any further delay, we'll have the intro to this podcast. I'll be back with Brian Schroeder on the Hawks and the NBA draft. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I want to go to the second round, guys, now. Muhammad Gay was the one that kind of came out. It kind of leaked out late. Mike Scotto reported it during the draft, and nobody else kind of caught it. And then we didn't even know. When I recorded the podcast on draft night, we didn't even know what the what the return was. It's a future second-round pick, all that stuff. But I, I've seen him play, obviously. He was not on my radar until close, for the Hawks until closer to the draft. Yeah. I actually heard from – I said this on the podcast, but I heard from someone during the draft. I was at the Hawks facility just kind of spitballing in between picks – and I heard from someone that was like, hey, keep an eye on Muhammad Gay for the Hawks at 46. They, they really like this guy. I'm like, oh, okay. And I sat I, I sat down right after that. And within three minutes, they had – it was reported by Mike that they were that they were trading for that pick and, and, and taking him. So I was I kind of like looked it back. I was like, well, what, what did you know? Um, long story short, like I get the appeal, and we'll talk about Seth Lenny in a second too, and he's a very different appeal in some ways. But uh, I know you've seen him more than I have so far. I tried to watch a little yeah, bit. How, how much have you seen him? Because I think I only saw like six games this year. Yeah, I tried. I I had seen less than that until this weekend, and I've, I've watched a little bit more film yeah. in the last in the last two days, just for uh, obvious reasons. Um, there's a lot to like. He's also very very raw at this point, and I think especially uh, for his age. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think Sam wrote this, but I think he's been playing competitive basketball for like four or five years only, and you mm. can kind of tell that at certain times. But uh, the raw tools are really impressive. So what do you what do you make of uh, Muhammad? Gage? He's a he's an odd for the kind of guy because I think Hawks fans could have seen. I don't know how much I, I was, I was paying attention to the draft, but I, I don't think they showed highlight packages for the guys in the forties. Not many. You, you look at him, <laughs> you look at him and you, you get like, you kind of get, you say like a raw six eleven guy with long arms. You think he's the kind of player that he's not really, he's not really, I mean, he's not bad at defense. Like his defense is, is okay, but he's not really a shop locker. He's not like a, a rotation guy. And he's not really like a, I mean, he's a good athlete, but I wouldn't say he's like a, He's not a Christian Wood type, like super springy, raw, like fluid athlete. He he's weirdly kind of a skill player, like a finesse player for his size. Yeah. Like the shot, three point numbers are not great, but I think they lean too heavily on him. But he's like a pretty consistent Lamarcus Aldridge range kind of. It, it looks it looks really good too. Like for a guy his size, he has a nice. He has I nice, should he has look nice, it up. Nice mechanics, like kind of in surprising fashion. For what I just said, like you would think maybe naturally the guy who hadn't played a lot of basketball four percent there yeah. but i don't know he had stretches where he, he was really hitting 16 17 footers off the dribble like and if you're 610 with a 73 wingspan like you know is uh you, if you could shoot like that even even from a long two-point range it's fairly interesting okay yeah 35 35 on his two-point jumpers and uh only 20 percent of those were assisted so he was creating a lot of his own shots there that was a bad, but by the way it was a bad team we should we note that that was a bad basketball yeah. team <laughs> yeah they <laughs> had some guys like Justin Powell got a deal. DJ Rodman transferred to USC. 
TJ Bamba is at Villanova. Like they had some guys that were worth playing, but they just didn't. It just didn't click. I yeah. don't think he's. I don't think he's a high usage enough player. I think that's the issue. But forties, well, you don't care. I offensively, we'll talk about defense too. But offensively, it's weird because he didn't play like a big most of the time. Like mm-hmm. he, in so, that, that's a very simplistic way to put it. But he he wanted to face up. He wanted to take jumpers. Um, and I wonder if that like what they'll do with that. I think it's. From what I heard about the Hawks, again, this is very general, but they they think of him as a guy who kind of has up untapped potential, which makes sense if you watch him. Like he, he's not really playing; he wasn't playing the way that he probably will play in the NBA at, at Washington no. State. Um, but is that? I mean, the, the skill is it's really they're betting on the tools. It's it's a bet on him at that size with the natural kind of skills that he has, and as he figures out more about basketball, it kind of is what they're thinking about. But I mean, what's his, what do you think his actual role is offensively in the NBA? If he gets, yeah, there? I don't really know yet. That's kind of yeah. a weird thing. I, I don't think we're going to yeah. find out this year because he, he'll be playing in G League. But I, I, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's weird because he, he was picked ahead of Lundy. I, I think that Lundy has a lot better chance to be in the NBA more than Gay does this year. Um, and I think they probably would admit that off the record anyway because Lundy's three or four years older. And it's just more of a polished guy, and he has a. Lundy is what he is right now. Well, yeah, we'll talk about him too. But like, he's it's a very easy, more plug and play. Like the shooting is the shooting, all that stuff. But with Gay, like I don't really know what to make of the offense, and then the defense. The the flashes are kind of there, but it's it strikes me on tape again. I haven't seen all of his tape. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert yet, but I don't I don't think he knows what he's doing a lot of the time. No, (laughs) I would say that's a good way to put it. I don't mean that like as a as a negative thing. It's just that he, he doesn't really have the feel of, uh, uh, especially at the center, like operating at the back end of the defense in the NBA. Like you kind of, I mean, making calls and the, he, he's going to have a long way to go on that end of the floor. Again, the tools are really good. He's very long, but he didn't block a lot of shots. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that what that means. It's not a great sign necessarily, but um, he I mean, didn't put himself in position to block a lot of shots. I would yeah. say. Yeah, and you would think if all I told you is exactly what, what, what we just said about his tools and his size you would assume he would be a shot blocker and he really wasn't like, it's kind of a, it's a weird dynamic yeah. all the way around. Again, this is, they're very clearly betting on the tools, but if you watch the tape, uh, that, the defense is almost more, um, I'm not even sure. Like more, it's, it, it, it's almost like he has less idea on defense. And for this mm-hmm. archetype, you don't want to think of that guy being a defense first player in some ways. And that's not really what he is right now. He's a touch finisher is what he is. Yeah, I, I think mean, the fact that he has that touch is pretty impressive. But yeah, I think that's what they're betting on is like this guy has shooting touch, has scoring touch, more than shooting touch. Those are two different things. Well, and, and, all, has, they, and all they did, and all they, all they did in this class, and even in the two way, what we're talking about with Miles Norris, they're, it's a bunch of shooters. Like they're yeah. adding a bunch of guys who they like to touch on. Lundy, Norris. Uh, we talk, we'll talk about the uh, you know a Singleton as a as an as an exhibit ten bet. Like all these guys are shooter. I mean, Kobe Buckins not like a shooter first, but everybody after that. I think you know Kyle Korver's in that room, and I wonder as he's he's like, give me some shooters, please. I'd like some guys with some touch. Bring them all to me. <laughs> That's what it feels well, like. Well, they didn't they didn't get my guy JT Shoemate then if they wanted shooters, but hey, there there I mean, I, I would have looked at Hunter Tyson as one of those guys. Like he yeah. he went he went la- he went. La- I mean, look, I, I said this on the, on the night of the draft, I would not have taken Muhammad Gay at thirty nine if I had a choice, but it's also fine. I, I mean, it's a it's a bet on the tools. It's what it is. Mm. So yeah, is that is that kind of make sense? I mean, does that does that bother you at all? <laughs> I'm sure no, you had him lower than, lower than this overall. I, 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 I had him for a little while. I had him like 33, 34, okay. and then more the shooting kind of didn't stabilize. But he he was always in that 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 thirty to fifty range, I think, for me all year. So this and that is and that is where he perfectly went. acceptable spot to draft him. Yeah, especially oh, with all the guys who went back. Oh yeah, I mean that's that made his made his case stronger. Definitely. 
Today's show is sponsored by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every single player on your roster is a perfect fit for you. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to fit just right. Next time you are ordering parts or accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every single part that you actually need fits right and does so the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know the part will be fitting or your money will be coming back to you. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when it comes to shopping at eBay Motors with over 122 million parts to choose from. That's a lot of parts. You can be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when you're actually the right parts are guaranteed for your vehicle. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. One more time, that is ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. On the Lundy a little bit, we talked about him a second ago a little, but he is much more of a straight-ahead bet. I, I, it's not this easy, but I always make the uh, – just to simplify it down, there's kind of two ways to look at second-round picks. It's like either you're betting on the tools and upside or you're betting on like one or two marketable things that can play quickly, and I think Lundy is opposite that. There with are shooting. two. There's two, uh, yeah. What's, what's the second one? He's, <laughs> like two, he's like 225, so he's, he's not going to oh, be it. Well, in the length, I mean, 6'10 wingspan at 6'4 is like, you know, plus 6, plus 7 wingspan. It's pretty impressive. Um, He's a a big, he's a large, he's got a good body, and he can shoot there. Yeah, and it. I I don't mean to simplify it too much, but that that really is it. And I I liked, in fact, I liked one day. He was in my top 40. I, I think it's, he's a guy I like a lot. Um, the age he's 23 already, and that's that matters. He'll be 24 soon. I, I get he's, it. He's, I can't imagine is. why, why we'd, be, we'd both be influenced to like Lundy for a day. Well, if, yes, uh, my, I have a I have a plan to have my friend Bill uh, build Philippo on the podcast at some point. He's a Penn State guy, so he's seen every minute of Lenny's career. But no, I mean, truly, if you if you watch, you know, second round pick, if you're looking for this archetype it's pretty obvious like he's a pretty easy fit for it because yeah. he has he has real size he's not a zero on the ball too i'm not saying he's going to be an nba creator cuz he's not but like he it's not like he can't do anything with the ball in his hands he, he did a little yeah, yeah most i would say if you're a three point specialist 80 to 85% of your shots are, are spot up so pretty much yeah and but like there's there's room to be like the gary, the gary trents of the world can work that into like 60 70% you know get a few more off dribble but yeah like it, most spot up guys can take a handoff also like well you know and, and not it's not sort of, uh shooting uh, a shooting yeah and to put it in it's just so I'm, I'm backing you up here garrison matthews is currently on the hawks roster right uh garrison matthews is smaller than seth Lundy. i'll be i'll be clear about that but kind of similar archetype in some ways uh these are these are the three-point attempt rates for garrison matthews by season 82 percent, 83 percent, 83 percent, 89 percent the last four years he might and be better shooting than Lundy, honestly, but he's yeah. But you know what I mean? Like that's the set. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to use the Hawks example for a reason, and I, I kind of I knew his numbers were like that. But Lundy is probably going to be a specialist, and he's a three and D guy. Um, I guess the question is, how, a how how good is we all know he's a good shooter, but how good is the shooting? Is it like you know elite elite, or and also can he hold up defensively? Because th- those are the, really the two things that matter. I would say because this is a guy who's been in the news a lot. Well, not so much in the news a lot, but this is a guy who's who's people have had to pay attention to more because he's involved in so many trades. I'd say he can be Landry Shamet level, which is to say a good NBA shooter, good enough that teams will want to have him, but not so Shammett good that like he can. Yeah, Landry Shamet's like a guy that's always like a tenth man, but he's been yes. in the league for a half decade and, and more now. Like he's that's an NBA and player. will continue to be for at least a few more years, I imagine. Right, he can shoot, and at forty six in the draft again, like. It, this is so funny. So you'll find this hilarious. I'm going to send this to you offline. I had multiple people that say, why would, basically the question was, why would they take this guy when they already had AJ and Bogey? And I'm like, this is the, this is the 46th pick. 
They're just trying to find a guy who might be able to play for them at some point. Uh, you can't also, have too many guys who can shoot. It is what it is. Yeah. There's, again, I, I, got, I talked about this with the Nuggets, and I wouldn't say that the, the Hawks are at this level, but they obviously think they have their main guy. And I'm sure they think, for now, DeJounte is the second guy. Yeah. If you have your, if you think you have your two guys, and like a Kongu could be the third guy, or or Jalen if Quinn Snyder really lets him fly, which he seemed to, which or was AJ. very, um, yeah, or AJ, or if you think you've got your, I talked about those Kongu, Jalen, and for now Collins, and for now Capella and, and Bogey. Like if you have, if you think you have like your six guys, or seven guys, the rest of the team should be six six guys. Like I really feel like that. Who can shoot? Who can shoot? Preferably. Yeah. Like yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. like like it's it's I. It's true that the NBA is starved for wings, but people act like the NBA is starved for star wings. There are not that many star wings who are really capable of carrying a team. You need your guard. You need your big. You need the Kings, what the Kings have done. They have their two guys. The rest of that team should be Keegan Murray's. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you yeah. want. And, and, like, you know, you can have, like, the Malik Blanc or the Hurrier type who could create a little bit. But, like, if, if your team I – mean, again, we look at the Nuggets – Jokic is not better now than he was three years ago. Jamal Murray might be a little bit better. Aaron Gordon is a better fit than some of the other guys I had. Michael Porter has not gotten any better. He's what he is. The difference right. is they stopped drafting Bull Bull and Zeke Naji and all these other guys, and they just started getting KCP and Bruce Brown and Christian Brown and like wings, 6'4 so to 6'7 guys who yep. can play 20 minutes a game and shoot. And that they have the same coach, like – that's the only thing that's different is that they just started getting shooters. So yeah, you should have ten shooters on the. I, I feel and that's, like that's also Buffkin. I mean, he's not he's not the dead eye shooter that Seth Lundy is, but like he's that well rounded six five guy who can yeah. do a lot of things. Like that's that's part of the appeal there. But yeah, I mean, Lundy's not exciting, but I think here's a there's a fairly clear path to him being an NBA player, and that at yeah. forty six, that's that's a very and, appealing package, especially at that cost, second round right. pick cost. And especially, and look, I, I talked about this a little bit previously. I can't remember when on the podcast, but there's this new second round pick exception where you can sign guys for three or four years without using any cap space. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Seth Lundy's second contract will be when he's 26, 27. We'll see. That's fine. But like, but yeah, I mean, if you can get that guy signed for, I'm not saying they're going to do this, but if, if they could sign a four year deal at the minimum for Seth Lundy with some non guarantees or whatever, that, that's a very, very, very valuable contract potentially. If it works at all, then like, yeah. that's really, really helpful. If it works, you have him cost control for four years, and then if you if you really need to keep him, he can he can get the twelve fifteen million a year, you know the role player salary, and by that point, hopefully you've got your cap situation figured out, or you moved on for Trey Young, but that's a different. Well, you're, yeah, you're, you're retooling at that point overall. If, if, if at any point they're going to be trained Trey, it's going to be kind of a rebuilding, uh, maybe yeah. a full on rebuild, but certainly a retooling effort. The other thing too, with with having I said, you need to have those shooters. Those are the guys like like Andrew Shamit. Those are the guys you can always slip into a trade. Oh yeah, like he's like like no team is going to not take a six six guy who can shoot. That is uh that's very very accurate. They'll they'll take him like they'll sure throw that guy in and that can save you some picks. If if having if worst case Seth Lundy plays really well and they can't keep him but they throw him into some trade to offload some salary, Chuck Collins. Um, <laughs> uh, and he stay he saves them from having to trade a future first. That is an incredible outcome for the 46th pick. Like, that's good job. I want to make sure to take advantage of your uh, sicko ness by talking about Miles Norris. And, uh, you know, because 
the Hawks did make some, I mean, the two, he's, they reportedly signed him to a two-way. They've not announced that, but it was confirmed. In fact, uh, his head coach at Santa Barbara did an interview out there that confirmed it. Um, That's pretty good to tell. Yeah. Whenever, whenever you sign a, you know, a two-way guy, uh, that guy's going to be around. So we'll save the exhibit 10 guys for the end of the podcast one, because they may not be around beyond summer league, but Miles Norris is going to be a part of the roster for at least on some form for the list for, for a little while. So I want to ask you about him. Uh, I'll just give the, I gave a little bit of a primer before I brought you in, but uh he was not really on my radar. I've seen him play a couple times. I watched him play uh, two more times this morning before because I, you know, I had to get prepared. But uh, I'll open it up to you. I, I think the appeal is once again. I guess hold, hold tight, Brian. A big shooter. They seem to be liking big shooters right now. He, he's a guy. Miles um, is interesting because I won't say he wasn't on my radar, but he definitely wasn't a top one hundred guy. Um, I he thought he was very, by the way, he, he wasn't for Sam Bassini or SPN guys either. He was not in the top one hundred for him. But I remember him. He was a. Uh, reasonably big recruit and he was at Oregon and he was like not good he ended up transferring yeah. out so those guys I do definitely lose track of those guys sometimes but UCSB is not like terrible and yeah, yeah. I, I he was definitely a guy I checked in on like the last four weeks I did a lot of database stuff and just like literally remembering guys like oh that guy and like yeah the shooting like 85% from the line he was what like 37% 38% was, from three. Uh, yeah, 38% from three over three seasons, too, like 400 attempts. So yeah. like, it's a real sample of him shooting. 20, 23 dunks this year is still like he's still got some pop. Yeah. I mean, worst case, he's going to be a, a fixture in the G League, too. Like he, he will be, he can shoot. He's 6'10. So like there's That's really no, the no downside to him as a two way because if he has to play minutes for you, then something's gone wrong, but at least he could shoot. Well, and it's also it's a reminder to me and others now that when you, now they have three two way spots, every team has mm-hmm. three of them. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of take a little bit more of a flyer and it, there's a non-zero chance still, as we record this on the, the, on this weekend that the Hawks may, they may still use one of the two way slots on either Lundy or gay. They might do that. I don't know what they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do. I, would, any, I would probably do on gay. Yeah. First yeah. A, a, any, any pick outside of the top, like 35 in the second round could be on a two way. That's definitely a possibility. Um, and but they have and they have one slot left. They, I think they're going to keep Donovan Williams on his two way. He's he was signed to a multi year two way, so I think he's going to be on. I think he's going to be there for one of the spots. You got uh, you got Norris for one of the spots, and then maybe one of the rookies. Maybe they do another one and they sign both Gay and Lenny to launch deals. We'll see. The reason you don't do it now is you 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 always want to. I, I feel like like the, unless you're doing what the Sixers did, which is just literally sign three top like a bunch of top fifty guys, like a bunch of guys I thought we get drafted. Yeah, Cravian Smith, Ricky Council, Azulis Tabelas. Uh, do that with your two ways, or you want to keep one spot open at summer league. Because what if you get like a, well, this is a weird, this is a weird name because he ended up not doing it in the, in the NBA. But you get like a Devon Akun Purcell who went average like oh, nineteen yeah. a game, nineteen a game for the Nuggets and looked I awesome. That. Yep. You want to have a guy. You want to keep a spot open in case there's a guy on your summer league team or someone else's summer league team because they're all there. You want to have that spot open in case there's like a real under the radar guy who just blows up. Well, and, and exhibit tens, exhibit tens now too have unilateral mm-hmm. c- conversion to two ways. So if they, yeah. for instance, if they were to fall in love with David Singleton, um, they could just make him a two way if they want to, like without having to do anything else with it. Uh, that's that's I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that, that, that's a possibility uh, that they could do at summer league. And um, the two guys that I've seen so far that have been reported to have been on exhibit tens for the Hawks are, like, like I said, David Singleton from UCLA. And Jarkel Joyner from uh, NC State, uh, both you know, honestly, power yeah. conference guys. So we've seen a bunch of them. They're both very old players, yeah. Um, yeah. Which is very experienced. Very, ex- yeah. There you go. A very a much nicer way to say that. Very experienced. Do you like either one of them as far as like potential NBA bets, or is those, are these guys just filler for the most part? I think Singleton's a, a reasonable bet. He's 
kind of a, I think he's kind of a three. He kind of was just kind of a slasher score, like off ball guy for UCLA. And he, he was one of those guys. Like six, six, five-ish, six, four, yeah. six, five. Not very big, like, but. A Lamar Patterson type. Um, oh, oh, geez. <laughs> nice flashback. Hawks no, legend, um, Lamar Patterson. But he is just kind of a big dude. And he was a guy, he's a guy that I, I definitely, listen, mar- I have a marketing efficiency for these guys of just like, he was never like an elite prospect. He was never like a high level prospect. He was never a guy I would clamber a draft, but he started like four straight years on good UCLA teams and just like contributed. Yep. And like those guys can sneak in. They can, they can slip into the NBA because they know what they're doing. They just, they, you don't have to develop them really. So I feel like, yeah, it's, there's a chance Singleton is a guy who just starts every summer league game and puts up like 12 or 13 points. And they just decide, like, oh, let's just bring this guy in. Like he's just consistent, plays hard in practice. He, he also shot. So again, this is, it's five years and it's not like big volume at any point, but he shot 43.3 3 on 500 attempts at three point, from three point yeah. range. 9.9 yeah. attempts per, per, per hundred is. It's pretty good. Oh, at the end, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, he was taking. A, I, I, I was forgetting how little he actually played per game. So yeah, I was looking at the yeah. per game numbers. You're right. Yeah, the, the per hundred, the per hundreds. Uh, the last four years at UCLA, he took yeah about nine nine and a half per hundred, which is actually a very high number. So he didn't do much of anything else, but he shot well on threes on a big sample. So good. Uh, two another two point steal rate. Steal rate three pointers six five. Sure. That is basically. Uh, Darkell is a more fun player, but I don't. Darkell's like. Shorter than me. He's yeah, he's uh, he is listed at six one. I don't really believe that. Uh, he was second team All ACC this year at NC State and averaged big, some big numbers. But he, this is actually it was actually his third school. He started he started at Bakersfield. Was at Ole Miss. He's twenty four already. Um, yeah. So that's a long. Uh, he, he played alongside. Uh, you mentioned Torquay Brown Smith earlier. Yeah. He played alongside him at NC State. And was better than him for long stretches. Of he season, he was this year. Yeah. Uh, I. Not that I soured too too much. I thought that Turquoise, I thought Turquoise Allen should have been drafted, but yes, absolutely. Uh, if, he, if he left a year ago, he would have gone in the top thirty-five. So that was unfortunate for him. But anyway, it happens. Uh, but, but yeah, but, but, but so, the thing with so, the thing with uh, guys like Turquoise Allen, though, after thirty-five, forty, some guys it's better just just to take that priority two way, which is, he seems like he did because they signed him five minutes after the draft. Pretty, yeah, pretty quick. I, I noticed that, that too. That can be better. It can be better to go to a team that. Says like, hey, like reaches out and, and wants you to be there. Like, you might be able to play better. Uh, the, the, the John Conchar contract, as I call it, like the Grizzlies yeah. called him at like, from what I know, they called him like, like around like pick thirty three that year. We're like, hey, don't, don't take any offers from anyone else. We're gonna bring you in. You're gonna play big yeah. minutes for us. And like he did, and he still does. Um, so with Joiner, real quick, I mean, he's he is small. Uh, Real small. Is it is it as simple as like we want a summer league point guard? Is that it? I mean, what kind of a let's just assume for a second that it worked for John Crunch. Like, what's the way that he gets gets to the NBA? What's his best? What's his calling card in your mind? The sh- I mean, the shooting is fine. He's got to yeah. be like a bulldog. He's got to be like a screen chaser. Like he's got to well, be one that of those- too. Like, what do you did, did you do you see that on? on t- was he good on tape defensively? I, I honestly sometimes with. Defense is the hardest thing to evaluate. I really don't have that many strong, unless it's a guy like like a Jordan Walsh, or if it's a guy who's like, like there are some guys in like I'm trying to think of even a, a player in my top 100 who's like a defense first role player. Caleb McConnell from Rutgers. It's like that guy's good. That guy's six seven, crazy arms. Like he's he was like first team All Big Ten defense. Yeah. Uh, honestly, though, with especially with guards, I don't care that much about guard defense unless well, you're elite. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'm only asking because he is so small, and but that's what he has to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, navigate screens and just kind of, but I, as far as like from the Hawks perspective, I'll be fairly shocked if he makes the team coming out of camp or anything like that. Yeah, but he, he could be in College Park, and I, I think you might um, get some reps as like the backup point guard in summer league kind of thing. Like somebody has to play when I'm sure they're going to put the ball in Kobe's hands a lot in summer league. We don't, I don't know who else is going to be there yet. We're still recording this podcast before they announce the roster, but uh, Bucky will have the ball a lot, I'm sure. I want, but um, yeah. it's awkward because you, I want to see Jalen Johnson, but you also never want to see the third year guy at summer league. That's never a good sign. Yeah, so I keep getting questions. Maybe it'll break at some point I, about whether Jalen would play. I've not heard anything about this, but you're basically what I I'll be surprised only because he played so much this year, so yeah. much is relative. You know what I mean? He was in the rotation basically all year long. And if you're in rotation in year two, you don't play summer league the third year. No, generally. I think I think the only reason he could, and I think he could be the rare guy where the third year is a is a positive, is because he still has that reputation of being quote unquote lazy that he worked well, on. And he, and he didn't play last year he was hurt, like legitimately yeah. hurt, so he didn't play. Um and I think the know, only it, way it, he would play and it wouldn't be like seen as a negative is if Quinn Snyder like straight up asks him, like, I want to see you run offense. See what well, you can do. Go out there and have yeah. fun. Yeah, and that happened with uh, just to use another Hawks example. They they had Collins play with a couple games with Trey. When, yeah, when Collins was too good to be there, and everybody knew it, but they literally said we want John to play with Trey for a few games, and that's why he played. I think AJ's the same thing. That like honestly, AJ's probably too good to play. I don't. I'd be surprised he was there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like he might go. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays a game or two. But he's very much on the too good to be there kind of track. So it might just be the rookies and Donovan Williams and whoever. And that's fine. It's summer league. It is what it is. But um, some guys to keep an eye on. Maybe they'll sign a few more. I'm sure they will in the coming days. But Miles, again, yeah. to be very clear, Miles Norris is the one that we know of. That's two ways different than Exhibit Ten. Two way means you're going to be around for a while. So that's why we talked about yeah. him first. But. I would say all six guys we talked about will be on the summer league team, though. That seems. I would certainly imagine, barring an injury or a weird anything weird. Yeah, those guys. I think it'll be those six. Probably Tyrese Martin, Donovan Williams, and we'll see after that. That's um, a summer league roster. That, I mean, it's really a very summer league roster. That's Cody fine. Is enough to command. And look. Uh, I always do this, this story, but the first time I ever covered the Hawks at Summer League, they had exactly one guy on the team that was <laughs> even remotely interesting. It was Mike Muscala. was the only one there. And that was in the days where, like, they weren't quite rebuilding yet. So they were they didn't really care about Summer League very much. And I talked to Mike Muscala every day for, like, nine days in a row. <laughs> he was really the only guy there that had any interest at all. So I'm excited to have a first-round pick, two second-round picks, and a two-way at, at minimum to talk about. That's, that's plenty. Yeah. Uh, well, all right, Brian. Before I guess before we get out of here, I want to ask you one thing about the non-Hawks draft. What was the what was either your favorite or your least favorite thing that happened in the draft? Non-Hawks division. Hmm. Well, I have to try not to be biased. My least favorite is probably the Bulls <laughs> trading up into a, a wing draft and taking the twenty-fifth best wing in a twenty-five wing draft. Great. I um, I had a feeling it was going to be Bulls related when I asked that question. Well, it's not I, even so much. It's it's Julian Phillips is not a guy. It's not so much that taking taking that guy at that spot is bad. It's taking fine. that guy at that spot when Andre Jackson and Max Lewis are on the board, yeah. and it, it's it's a it's a continued thing the Bulls keep doing. They did it with Dalen Terry, where they keep taking these developmental guys, and then but they they're like the twenty eighth best. Like they're really bad at developing players. They're they're terrible at it, and they keep doing this. The they keep taking these developmental picks and talking about like building for the future, while at the same time they're going to give Vucevic and Demar Derozan 150 million dollars. And it's like, what are you doing? Are you are you good or not? And Which it's like one they of these don't. Do you want to be? Yeah. They don't. They have no yeah. answer. They have no answer because their answer is we want to get the seventh seed every year, <laughs> which is the most infuriating bullshit way you can run a team, and it drives me I insane. 
I had a good feeling that this is going to be a Bulls rant for me when I asked the question. So that was but, cool. um, after we got there. I would say my other, my other least favorite, honestly, is I don't – there's a lot of guys in, like, the teens I just don't really love the fit of. Like, Grady Dick's fit is good. Yeah. Well, not his, not his outfit. Actually I, I, I have no problem with it, honestly. Look, it's, cool. it's well tailored. Uh speaking of Kobe had one of the best fits of the whole night. Kobe looked he, great. He had the whole the whole the whole aesthetic from Kobe Bucking was brilliant. So but I'm, I'm I, I would just say, yeah, I would say there's not a lot of places I love guys like eleven to twenty five went, really. Like I think there's some awkward fits. Uh and then I'd say the best one, honestly, is the Sargon five, because I love it. I, Asar, I have a feeling you like that too. Yeah, it makes sense. Asar getting to be the Andre. They, they straight up said he we wanted to be Andre Godala, and I was like, that he can do that. That's great. If I they mean, said that, I missed that. That's that's. I'm glad they said that because that makes that makes me feel better about the pick in general. That they understand what he what he can and can't be, and all that stuff. Yeah. That, that's good. It's good and, to know. What and doing. I just love. I love their draft last year, and like I like Marcus. I, I'm, a, I'm a Marcus Sasser guy, but I'm not really counting him as like a major piece. Yeah. But I just love. I love the idea of. Uh, provided they can clear out some of uh, Troy Weaver's uh, restitution projects, Wiseman. <laughs> I mean, Marvin. I don't want to. Marvin Bagley's fine. He just can't get, can't say healthy. He's okay. He's not bad. He he. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or you know, RJ Hampton. Get these guys out of here. Clear these guys out. Let Sasser play, and let Asar play. But I'm really excited. Looking for. I really wonder. They might be a team that sends. Like I wouldn't be stunned because especially because Ivy got hurt last year summer league. Duran Ivy Asar Thompson is one of the best summer league cores. Well, I, I honestly, I was going to I was going to say. I mean, as far as like Brian uh, Brian core, uh, even <laughs> just the perimeter the perimeter uh, quartet of Cade Ivy Sasser and Asor, it sounds like a lot of Brian Schroeder stuff to me. You, you know, so, uh, you know, who should be the fifth guy there. Oh no! What am I, I say? Livers. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, I, Livers. He I was like good when he played. I like him too. He's obviously uh, a guy. You know who else likes him? Uh, director of scouting or whatever he is, John Eli. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, he, I, yeah. I love that he brought him there for that reason. And then, like, it worked. I'm sure though. they were. He's I'm sure they player. were just like, yeah, we'll bring your guy in. And then it's like, oh, this guy's shooting like 48 percent on. This guy's gonna be a player. Yeah. Oh yeah, this guy's good. Look at that. Uh, all right, Brian. Well, thank you for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Where can people find all of your stuff? Uh, uh, plug everything. Patreon.com/slash Ryan J NBA and that that Twitter for as long as that's around. There, yeah, exactly. I, I am a patron of Brian's. So I encourage people to check out his work. It's fantastic. It definitely helps me. Uh, I might do some preliminary twenty four stuff, but I don't know. This is a could be a weird draft. I don't really know what to think of it. So, uh, last thing here on this, uh, Hawks fans already got excited about uh, you know the first ESPN twenty four mock had Bronny to Atlanta at seventeen. So, uh, lots. If that were to happen, it would be good for me. I'll He's not that. going seventeen. I, I I tend to agree with you. I'm just I'm just saying. Um, the most prominent mock draft for twenty four yeah, so far. He's not to Atlanta. So. <laughs> like, not uh, only is he better than that, this class is not. He could go seventeen this year, if even in this draft, I think that'd be would be crazy. But I, he's I like going that. top eight. I think he, he's going to go higher than that too. All right, yeah. Brian, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate yep. it. Check out Brian's work. Please subscribe to this podcast, everybody. I really appreciate that as well. Ratings, reviews, all that fun stuff, and we'll see you all next time.